We want people to vote. We want all legal votes to be counted. You know, we see how sometimes tight elections are. The, the senator from the western part of the state, Senator Rizzo, he only won, I believe, by one vote in his primary. So we want to be careful with that. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. The Missouri House of Representatives recently gave its approval to a bill that would require voters to produce a photo ID in order to cast a ballot. Any voter without one would have to vote with a provisional ballot instead. The measure is now under discussion in the state Senate, and joining me to talk about it is its sponsor, that is State Representative John Simmons. He's a Republican from Washington, Missouri. That's in Franklin County. Representative Simmons, welcome. Good to be with you today. So, Representative, the Missouri Supreme Court previously struck down part of the state's past photo ID law. How is your bill different than that? Well, basically, the bill is kind of a response to to that decision. Uh, We really needed a response because basically back in 2016, uh, the people of Missouri had voted through uh, Constitutional Amendment 6 to put photo voter ID um, as kind of a, a requirement or as an option. And so the General Assembly uh, did some of what they call enabling language to coincide with that uh, amendment being passed. And it was passed overwhelmingly uh, by Missouri voters. It was over 63% statewide, and only uh, every county in the state except for two voted in favor of that. And even 100 counties uh, back in 2016 voted with over 65%. So that the people understood what the measure was and what they wanted, and so we put together, or the General Assembly back before I got here, put together that general or that uh, enabling legislation. And that's what the court struck out part of that enabling legislation. And what that legislation did originally was created three pathways for people to vote. It could show the, the government-issued photo ID. You could also show a non-photo ID, like a, a bank statement or utility bill. Mm-hmm. But then you had to sign a, a statement saying that you didn't really have an ID and that you are who you said you were. And then the third option was this provisional ballot. The court in the Priorities USA case, they struck out that, that second option uh, because uh, the language in the affidavit or that statement was, was confusing and misleading. And so it only left that photo ID, provisional ballot, and then the non-photo ID, but there wasn't any swearing of statement to swear who you were under penalty of perjury. Mm-hmm. In the General Assembly, that wasn't their intent. Uh, and so we just took out, my bill just takes out that second option. So, like you said in your beginning, there's a, a photo, government-issued photo ID. You can also get a non-driver's license photo ID that the state of Missouri will pay for. And that's been on the books uh, for four or five years now in statute that we, we pay for that. Um, or it's a provisional ballot, so there won't be the option to bring in a utility bill or, or a voter card without you know, some other form of, of viable identification. So it just simplifies and really is, is a response to, to what the court decided back in January of 2020. So if people don't have that photo ID under this bill, they can cast a provisional ballot. What then happens to those provisional ballots? Um, do those get counted? Yeah, they, they do. So no one, if they show up at the polls, no one ever gets turned away under this bill. Um, so if you go and you're at the wrong precinct or you thought you had your ID with you in your purse or your wallet, but it's, it's, it's back at home, uh, you can still go ahead and create that provisional ballot. And then there's just some steps to fill out the envelope in the ballot like you would like an absentee type of ballot situation when you're there in the precinct filling it out. 
And then you have a couple of options. If you're able to bring back your government-issued photo ID later in the day and show to the judges, then they'll be able to you know, count that ballot. If for some reason you can't, and a lot of people maybe couldn't because of, of work situations or, or daycare or whatnot, uh, they will still accept that ballot as long as they can verify that you are who you were through registration matches and also what they call like a signature match. So they have a record of your signatures when you registered or even some of your past voting. They'll have recorded some of those signatures. So when you sign that provisional ballot, they do a, a signature match and it's a valid ballot, valid vote, just like it would be uh, on any other other situation. So the burden of proof is not on you. You can bring this. You can br- you can come back with an ID if you want to. But the board of elections is going to do its best to figure out whether this ballot should be counted. If you yeah. did nothing, you just cast the provisional ballot right. and, and go home and don't return. Right. They're going to try to see if they've got a match there. Exactly, and that's nothing new. I mean, there's instances, you know, now where they have to. Uh, someone does cast a provisional ballot for whatever reason, whether it's connected to this bill or a previous law or not, but they do have provisional ballots that they've that's been in effect for, for years. And again, they've got to then go through their due diligence. And that's why we, we have great you know, boards of election and local election authorities that, that do do that. They know how to handle those, those situations uh, and make sure that they, we want people to vote. We want all legal votes to be counted. Uh, and so they'll do their due diligence to make sure that that happens and, and put you know, good scrutiny on it, because we also don't want anyone that is trying to perpetuate fraud or have an illegal vote counted, because that disenfranchises all the legal votes. My vote, your vote, my, my son who turns 18 next month, you know, his, his first vote would be disenfranchised of any kind of fraud, you know, is perpetuated out there by, by anybody in, in the state. So the Secretary of State's office, um, they said that in 2017, this is the most recent numbers we could get, that 137,000 Missouri voters did not have a state-issued ID, and another 140,000 had expired IDs. This sounds like this is going to make it much harder for them. No, I think a lot of those numbers, I mean, those are, are accounted for by, I think a lot of those people are, are out of state. And the reason they expires is that they moved out of state. Uh, so I think those numbers are a lot smaller. It's kind of tough to track all the people and why those uh, numbers have expired. But the system that's been created to get people who have a, uh, who need an ID but maybe don't drive, maybe because they're an elderly person now that they don't drive anymore. The state of Missouri and all their departments, Department of Revenue, the Secretary of State's office, um, any other kind of office, they will go through the due diligence and pay for all the forms and all the requests and copies to get people that non-photo, I'm sorry, that photo non-driver's license, um, and that'll help them. In fact, over the last four years, it's been close to 5,000 of those type of identifications, Mm. those photo non-driver's license issued. Um, and so, no, no, and if, it, if that is the case, they still have the provisional ballot with a signature match, so no one's going to be disenfranchised through this bill. So we spoke the other day to State Representative Peter Meredith. He's a Democrat. He represents South St. Louis. And he said he just doesn't see a reason for this photo ID requirement. I think what we have in place, actually, has been working fine. We have uh, virtually zero evidence of uh, voter impersonation fraud. Uh, and, and, and actually zero evidence of any in any way that would statistically impact an election outcome. Um, that suggests to me that this really isn't a problem needing a solution. Uh, Representative Simmons, I want to put that to you. Do you feel like right now we have a problem with voter fraud in Missouri? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been cases of voter, voter fraud in Missouri and across the country, but even just recently as far as voter fraud. And there's different forms of type of voter fraud, but just in, uh, in St. Louis County, a few years ago, uh, Representative Franks, uh, who's no longer in our General Assembly now, but mm-hmm. in a primary situation, you know, he challenged some uh, some absentee ballot fraud by a sitting uh, representative, and the judge overturned that election and called for a, for a new election, and, and he won and, and got elected based on that type of fraud. And then there was also some fraud in the western part of the state with a sitting senator now who had, I think, some family members that fraudulently voted in the primary. And when he says, to, you know, when Representative Meredith says to statistically it doesn't matter, the, the senator from the western part of the state, Senator Rizzo, he only won, I believe, by one vote in mm-hmm. his primary. Um, so if you switch one vote, you know, we see how sometimes tight elections are. and There's only a handful of, of votes one way or the other. So we want to be careful with that. And the idea with fraud, I mean, there is that potential there, and I know legislators, I mean, uh, I know courts have opined saying that legislatures are permitted and, and should be responsive to the potential of fraud with, with some foresight mm-hmm. rather than just reactively dealing with it after the fact, and that's part of what uh, what my bill does. So the, the Representative Frank's case that you mentioned, um, that was in St. Louis City, not St. Louis okay, County, sorry. but you're okay, right. Sorry. I mean, you, you know, you've got the, the important part there, which is right. that the judge did find some issues. That was with absentee ballots. Correct. This doesn't do anything on that. Are you worried that's maybe a, a bigger issue? No, because the, the idea with fraud, I mean, again, it's really a reflection of that Amendment 6 back in 2016 and what Missourians want. I mean, Missourians want people to use a photo ID to identify themselves. It's just common sense, and that's what this language needs to, to match that, because Missourians know and all people across the country know you're using a photo ID for a lot of other things that we do. And you probably heard of the, the laundry list in the past whenever you, we've talked about this, but to get on an airplane... Uh, you need to show a photo ID. The vaccinations that we've been putting out the last you know, couple of months, you need a photo ID to, to get in line and to be approved for a vaccine. You're not going to go to Mercy Hospital or BJC with a with utility bill and saying you are who you are and they're going to approve you for a vaccine. You need to show certain things. Or when you purchase a gun from a licensed gun dealer, um, uh, a whole list, if you rent a car, you, you rent a hotel room, there's dozens and dozens of different things, you know, buying alcohol or cigarettes. You have to show a photo ID. So Missourians know that's a common sense, pragmatic way. But at the same time, we don't want to, you know, push people away from their their duty and their their uh, um, their constitutional right to vote. And so that's why that provisional ballot is still an important aspect to this. And that's why also the, the, the General Assembly years ago created um, statutory language where we pay for all the different forms, even if we have to go out of state to get a birth certificate from some other state that someone was born in, we will bear that cost um, as part of our normal processing. Uh, we've done it successfully for the last four or five years, and we just got to get that word out because more people cannot for that. And that just helps them with voting, but having that photo ID will help them do some of those other activities that we just talked about, you know, with everyday life. So we heard from State Representative Peter Meredith earlier. Again, he's a Democrat. He represents South St. Louis. He's a critic of this. He says he sees this as the true impact of your bill if it becomes law. In this case, we're looking at a a voter ID law that largely limits the ability for low-income and minority groups to vote. They're often the, the folks that have trouble getting to the DMV to make sure their, their driver's license is up to date or having a, a car and a driver's license in the first place. Um, it also impacts folks with disabilities and a lot of senior citizens who may not be as mobile as they once were. 
Um, Representative Simmons, critics say this measure is basically a way to prevent voters who likely skew Democrat from voting, that this is a way to just run up Republican totals. What do you say to that? And that's completely untrue, and it's not based on anything in, in fact. Um, it was specifically uh, over the last few years, and there's been actually some studies done by a couple different groups, the, the Pew Research Center an organization called the National Bureau of Economic Research uh, by a gentleman from Harvard Business School and University of Bologna. And they've studied this, and what they've shown is actually over the last several years, while these uh, supposedly strict photo ID requirements have been implemented in other states, not just Missouri, um, that the voter turnout for minorities has actually gone on the increase. Uh, from 2018 compared to 2014 in the off-year election, there's actually 11% rise uh, in in that uh, in that minority group, in fact, 27 percent of more blacks turning out to vote, and 50 50 percent, five zero, of Hispanics uh, mm. back in that 2018 study. So they can say that, but it's actually just not true that the, the voter turnout in those minority groups and some of those racial major racial groups are actually on the increase, which is good. And we want more people to get involved in the process, and so they're saying that, and it's actually just not true, and it's provably not true by, by a couple of these, uh, these articles that I, I came across in my research on the bill. It seems like, you know, from talking to Democrats, they'd like to expand more early voting. They'd like to make it easier to vote absentee without excuses. It seems like there's just a fundamental difference these days in how Republicans and Democrats approach this issue. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think it's we want balance. I mean, people want to have the ability to vote and, and exercise their constitutional right to vote. We have to make sure, though, that there are some protections so that we aren't allowing fraud. And we know that fraud does exist. I mean, the Heritage Organization has put out uh, on some different papers and on their website a list of, of convictions, uh, close to 1,500 uh, convictions of different forms of fraud. So we know it exists. The challenge with fraud is that it's purposely trying to hide something. So whether it's like bank fraud or tax fraud, you may not even know it's actually happening until you actually finally, finally get caught. And I know the Secretary of State, when he talked in our elections committee hearing about this bill, he had mentioned that it's tough to get prosecutions and convictions of this uh, for various reasons, but it's really tough to identify who may be voting in person because that person may have voted and, and, and left the precinct and unless that other person comes in to try to vote and is turned away because they're said that they have already voted when they hadn't, you really wouldn't know that was happening. So that the prosecutions and the convictions are low in that kind of situation. And so I think the numbers probably skew on the lower end, but I think they're probably a little bit higher. But courts have opined in terms of our responsibility as a people and really as a general assembly with, with laws that they've quoted that some regulation of the voting process is necessary to protect the road to, 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 to vote itself. And they also said that verifying a voter's identity and eligibility to vote is a legitimate and even compelling state interest. And then that's a quote from that recent case, or one of the recent cases related to uh, why this, this bill came about in, in a response to the Supreme Court, Missouri Supreme Court, um, making a decision on that. So um, it, we need protection. We need some balance. We want to give some flexibility to people. But as soon as you move from that election day and you move that election ballot away from the, the eyes and the control mechanism of our local election authorities, there's always that potential 
for things happening, and, and there, you hear reports and anecdotal evidence and even some factual stuff with convictions of things happening across the state and, and across the country, and so we need to really be focused on that, and luckily our elections uh, committee has been doing that. So, State Representative Simmons, you obviously found a lot of um, support for this in the House. Um, do you feel like you're going to get this through the Senate as well? Yeah, I was happy to find out that my senator, Senator Schatz, who's a speaker pro tem, uh, he's actually going to carry the, my bill in the Senate and be the representative there. So I couldn't have a better person carrying it in the, in the Senate uh, with his stature and his experience. So uh, they'll start that process once they get off the Senate calendar and bring over the House bills. And uh, I know it's a, it's a priority for leadership on their side like it was over here. I was very glad that leadership on, on the House side saw how important it was and moved my bill you know, so quickly through the process. So I was honored for that. So there'll be some good discussion you know, over on that side, just like there was with, with our side. But we always have you know, the, the facts on our side that, and also the people of Missouri behind us with how they voted in that constitutional amendment in 2016. It's really just a common sense measure. And, and no one's going to get turned away uh, when they come to vote uh, on their next election with this bill. Well, Representative John Simmons, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.